0: Yeah, Prabir and I were both at Bamboo until the end of the night. Oh, you did Bamboo. <laughs> Last oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, he was telling us about his,
1: like, door cam um, catching him, like, tripping out of his Uber. Oh, him. falling out <laughs> yeah. of his Uber?
0: Yeah, that's been a, been a whole thing. <laughs> we're both in that uh, 1996 project. I don't know if he talked about what's, that. No, all? what's the 1996 project? We cover alternative rock songs from the year
2: 1996.
0: Okay. What was big in 96? Um, Cake. They have the distances from 96 yeah, and like the presidency of the United States of America. Peaches. Yeah, peaches. Nice. Peaches, so. <laughs> anyway, so he's been. I'm curious to see, you know, him and I had the same evening. So if his interview is better than mine, I'm going to be pissed. You know, that's, you know. Wow. <laughs> yeah.
1: There's the direct competition. Yeah, sure. You just said you spoke in 96. He said 93 was the best year music. I said 97.
0: I don't know, didn't, so cross genre. didn't,
1: <laughs>
2: of all the music that has
1: yeah, ever yeah, been... yeah,
2: that's uh, kind of,
0: um... well, I don't know, Flagpole Sitter came out in 97, I know that, that's the only, that's my only contribution I have right there, so, but I was born in 93, so,
2: Jurassic Park,
0: so, yeah, Jurassic Park was, like, the first number one movie
2: of my life, of your so life, the... that's a good one to come yeah, in on, yeah, you know, I, I enjoy it, yeah, 93. <laughs> Classic. Capri Sun.
0: I know. I was gonna make a comment of that
2: because earlier today I asked. Is oh, thank you. Actually, drank a Capri Sun, and then they, she was like, "Not really, but it's really just for anybody." And then you came up, with, I was like,
0: "Yes." <laughs> we got I was, one. I was, you know, I did have a moment where I was like, "I'm gonna finish this before it starts, though, so I don't have the package." I also have a hat. Should I wear it or not?
2: You can wear it. We can put it somewhere. Whatever's making you comfortable.
0: I got a hat on.
1: If you want to wear it, if you want to put it right there in that little open. Yeah, let's put it a, back
2: here. Yeah, a nice open
0: spot. So I'm not from New York, so sometimes you wear it and people are like, "See, from New York?"
1: You're like, "Oh like, shit." Like, no, no, I just like the I word just like Mets. The Mets.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm Warren Campbell with Dead Billionaires, and this is Liner Notes.
2: On this episode of Liner Notes, we're talking to the leader of Dead Billionaires, Warren Campbell sit back and let Warren explain to you how he puts together multi-city tours for Dead Billionaires, how he hopes that hosting an open mic each week is adding value to the community, what are some of the venues that he wishes were still around, and why he feels it's important to add humor into the way that he presents music. We now present to you, Warren Campbell. Welcome to Liner Notes, where we let Richmond artists tell you about their music, their inspirations, and how they make the soundtrack to the city of Richmond Virginia cool <clears throat> what's up Warren hey how are you <laughs> nothing man I'm thank you so much for coming today uh, I remember the first time that I met you was at the camel um, doing the open mic nights and you oh, do yeah. those, you do those once a month right
0: yeah it's once a month it's the last Wednesday of every month
2: nice and I I remember like when I came in I was very nervous because you know open mics they tend to usually be like one genre, like, you know, whoever's throwing it. But yours um, had a lot of different styles, like folk, there was rock. I came in and rapped that night, and everything was accepted. It was really cool. So how did you kind of create that vibe with the open mic?
0: Well, um, I'm not the first host of the Camel open mic night, but um, they kind of had a model there that they had been doing where it was very open to everyone. And um, just getting in there, I feel like hosting open mic is one of those things where you think, uh, like, sure, we have a lot of talented artists in town now that are established, but it's sort of like, how can we continue to grow the community? And it's like offering a nice place for people to play where there's no pressure, because, you know, there's a whole bunch of, when you're trying to book your first show, mm-hmm. it's so intimidating. Yeah. And, and like, what you want to do is you want to be able to hone your skills as a performer, but not have to... Um, you know you don't have to impress anyone just yet and it's it's such a great way to meet new musicians you might want to have in your band and all this other stuff i remember i played a lot at the carrie street cafe open mic yeah which i've heard referenced a couple of times on this show it's but it was quite, been, yeah. it was <laughs> quite legendary so um you know uh just having done that myself and sort of feeling like that's how i got my performance footing in town a little bit was sort of why uh I really wanted to host one myself and I've got um great house band uh Hunter Rhodes is the drummer in Dead Billionaires and then uh Neil Friedman is uh my roommate actually and uh plays in a band called Super Doppler Um, he's super talented so they're both they're both wonderful and so that makes it way easy to you know play with different folks it's uh I don't know. It's just a good time. I, I like open mic a lot. I I enjoyed
2: myself. Have you you know heard anything back from artists that have been coming to the open mics that they're like you know uh, this process or being at your open mic has allowed them to like work through their material or kind of like shape their songs up a little bit more?
0: Um, not directly, but <laughs> I. What's nice is seeing people get better. Yeah. You know, that's sort of one of the not really nice benefits of it is you sort of. You see people who come back every month and it's kind of nice that it's a month of distance in between each one. So it's not one person playing the same song every single week. It's one person thinking, oh, well, how can I do this differently and bring it back again? And there's been a lot of really cool artists that are popping in with that and, you know, developing their sound and getting better and starting bands. And it's really cool to see. I like it a lot.
2: That's pretty sick. Uh... Yeah, the Cary the Street Cafe I feel like is going to live in infamy because uh, Allie Allie Thibodeau was yeah. here talking about it, just how much it meant to, to her. What are some like other Richmond venues that you've seen kind of just like not be around anymore that, but that used to hold like a special place in the music scene?
0: Here? Um, well, I think the first place that really gave like my band a chance back in the day was Strange Matter and we didn't play there all that many times but i kind of got used to um mark was the guy that was booking there and he had like just it's really cannot be emphasized enough how much having someone who is willing to communicate with you clearly and effectively mm. through email about a show you know it's not a given it's There's the little really things, yeah <laughs> so it was it was great and i i uh, there was one time they hit us up like fall 2017 they're like, hey, this band's coming through. Are you guys available to open? And it was a Tuesday night, and like we would have had to get a, like a fill-in bass player or something. And I was like, oh, I want to, but can't do it. And then like three weeks later, they're like, Strange Matter's closing forever. And I was like, Why didn't I take that last gig that we could have done <laughs> at Strange Matter? But um, Strange Matter was really big. Carrie Street Cafe was another one. Um, we played there a whole bunch. I did open mic there, like every week for maybe a year which was crazy but like super fun and made a lot of great friends there and yeah i feel like the people i'm still collaborating with are the people that i met there so it's um
2: that's pretty cool. How many of those people that you collaborated with at, at you know, Cary Street Open Mic or, or The Camel that ended up being in, in your band? Because I know that you have like a, a revolving kind yeah. of set of, of musicians, you know I mean? Maybe yeah. you can explain like why you do that and sure. then have you met anybody at these things that ended up
0: playing? Um, well, my, my perspective on making music is that you should be performing as much as possible. Yeah. And uh, part of that is because... I've seen how difficult recording is and I've seen how difficult it is to get people to notice your music at all. Mm -hmm. And there's these people that say, oh, well, you know, really the only way that you can make money as a musician is touring, you know? And I was like, well, not exactly touring all the time just yet, but it's, you know, why would I invest more time in something that's not going to, you know, help propel this project? So it's sort of, um, having that revolving door we have uh, our drummer right now is Hunter Rhodes he's pretty locked in but we've got a rotating bass player right now but it's been it's been really cool to uh, see these songs interpreted through different you know supporting musicians uh we did two duo tours last year my buddy troy Crossley plays drums and bass and everything and we he lives in Asheville North Carolina so we I drove down, picked him up, went to Texas, dropped him back off, went home. Did that twice was last that year. South by Southwest? So we did South by Southwest in 2022 as an unofficial artist. Nice. And then um, did a, a, we called it a speed run because we played eight shows in eight days and went all the way to Texas and back in August of last year. Wow. Yeah, it was really fast. It was probably like seven, eight hours a day driving. but
2: And then getting out playing a show yeah you know and it was
0: you know i i have a minivan so it's one of those things where it's just like keeping everything as streamlined as possible it's really important to me and who's
2: organizing like that tour is that something that you're putting together yeah, yeah.
0: I'm, I'm doing uh, all the booking right now and it's it's pretty it's pretty wild because um it's easy to spend a whole lot of time doing that but just you know realizing that you gotta kind of got to create your own opportunities. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of been um, like, it really revolves around where my friends are, you know, it's like who's, you know, just kind of reverse engineer the tour of like, well, where can we crash first? You know, it's like, where, who, where are our people? let narrow
2: the search. <laughs> yeah, so
0: we've, we've gone to Austin twice and by the time this airs, we'll have gone a third time to down to South by Southwest. Because you're doing that in March, right? We're doing that in March, yeah. yeah. So that's going to be 17 days on the road. So, um, I can't tell you how it went just yet, but just say it went great. <laughs> it went great. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, so, um, but yeah, it was, it's, uh, I've got two really good buddies, uh, Michaela Friedman and Dylan Kitzelman down in Austin. And uh, Michaela Friedman actually did the art for our uh, album that's coming out in June. So, nice. it was one of those things where I was like kind of a no brainer to like, well, Austin's pretty far away, but if we've got buddies that we can, you know, connect with and, you know they can be our eyes on the ground and like help promote you know why wouldn't we and we've got a nice really lovely collaboration with them now so um it's all about just figuring out where you can go you know and we play Asheville all the time because Troy's either playing with us or he's um you know we're crashing on his floor nice he's got a bunch of great music scene a bunch of great friends down there so yeah and then we're meeting bands along the way and you know just trying to help each other out the whole time. It's really, it's really DIY and playing a good amount of house shows. Um, done that in Nashville a couple of times now. But, um, but yeah, booking, booking them is uh, stressful and it's crazy and uh, uh, I'm, I'm doing it because I like to be on the road. I like to play a lot.
1: Hey cool boy, how are you so cool?
3: wow that is like a very big compliment thank you so much but the answer is quite simple my darling cool girl the answer is like i've just been reading the blog content from hereavia.com. have you ever seen this well let me just tell you they have all the things they have interviews with really good artists and interviews with like cultural cultivators. It's very cool. You learn about the city and stuff. And it's like super cool. Anyway, they also have blog content about like live events. There's like video recaps about things. So like if you weren't there, you could feel like you were there. If you wanted to be there. Or like maybe you check it out and you're like, wow, the next time that happens, I'll go there for sure. But you didn't know until you saw the blog, you know. And then there's also things that are like tips for musicians. Like, hey, like maybe you don't want to, um, you know be a rapper and like rap over top of your own vocals that's corny and people don't like it and then there's also like really cool blog posts about just the cool culture of Richmond which is like art and other art and also art mixing together it's like a very cool space but you find out all this information in the blog on Yahweh.com.
1: Is it only for cool people?
3: That's the beauty of it. Uncool people can go there and then become cool. Awesome!
1: Thanks cool boy.
2: Yeah, I was. Uh, I think it was on the video where you were uh, launching the Kickstarter campaign for this record yeah. that you got coming out now, I believe. But you were saying like you had done more than 115 shows, like working on this material over yeah. the last year. And I did see that you guys had met your your Kickstarter goal for yeah. for the album. Like, what it, what did that mean? How did you go about like I guess asking people sure or, or, sure you know, for help?
0: Um. So what we did was in summer of 2022, we took all that we had made over, you know, the band fund and you know, like everything we had done up until that point, And we basically sunk all of our money into recording. So we did it at um, Chip Hale's house in Lakeside. Nice. Um, he's got a really killer like home studio there. And then um, we got Rich Stein to mix it and then Rose Quartz Mastering to max master it. So that was, Pretty much the extent of our budget is what we had spent all of the band fund on actually making the record and then it was a situation of um well how are we going to put this out so we had we had finished it probably by august of last year and Mm -hmm. we were sort of in a situation of like well how are we going to put this out and how can we send this as far as we can so um what we decided would be best would be to run a kickstarter campaign so i've functionally have uh tried to be my own record label with what we're doing in that i got a zero interest for 12 months credit card to put all of these costs on so but what what's been great is you know we were able to order the vinyl before the kickstarter campaign started right because it's got a crazy turnaround time so you know hopefully by the time this is airing we have it we have the vinyl in hand but it's um It was really nerve-wracking to be like okay I've we've spent the money now let's run this kickstarter campaign to try and like recoup the money and yeah we got you know really really supportive um, fans and family and friends we have out there so it was really um there's a terrifying bit in the middle where there's a lot of people give you money right at first and then there's this like dead zone in the middle and you're like, oh, no, is this going to happen? And then, like, as you get towards, like, 70% and then there's, like, a week left, people are like, oh, yeah, let's make this happen, you know? And it's like,
2: oh, but... Um, you got to make your earn in sweat in the middle a little bit.
0: Yeah, we were, we, but we were able to, you know, raise enough money to do a run of merch and hire someone to help out with PR and all this stuff so um it's been great having all of that prepared is sort of making it so it's like all right let's just play some shows now you know yeah. and get the get the music out there so
2: yeah and it's going to feel really good too because i mean the people that are putting into that kickstarter are theoretically going to be the people that are already into your music or you yeah or we're listening to your to your music so you know they're kind of just like Prepaying up front, yeah, so, to a, make sure that it gets. It's out. a
0: total pre-order, and um, you know we're giving out vinyl and T-shirts and stickers, and I, we're gonna do. Uh, there was a certain tier on there that was if you if you pledge X amount, like I'll give you everything I've ever recorded on a like bir- mix CD, oh, sick. you know. So it's just sort of like from S- starting when, got, when did like, you start recording? Yeah, it's <laughs> like I've got my like demo from like eight, nine years ago on there. So it'll be like the old demo, like the old Little River Creek Police stuff. And then then every dead billionaire's recording. Wow. So it's just going to be a cool little thing for folks to have, you know.
2: That's pretty sweet. Now, it's good that, you know, you were offering like different levels of packages because, you know, everybody's got different means and what they can and can't. But I think that that also, it puts a little skin in the game for the people that are investing in the Kickstarter. It's like, hey, like when that album comes out, I want to hear it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not just like, They can say, "Yeah, I'm your fan. I follow you," and and kind of leave it at that.
0: And that's kind of what we've always wanted to encourage: is a very like community-centric outlook on things, and a very, um, you know, like if you want this to happen, you'll help us make it happen. And I think that that's that whole collaboration. Instead of saying, "Oh, we need to find a record label before we can put this out," or "We need to leverage this to do this," it's like, well, let's just ask if our, you know, like the whole the whole production of it was with all of our friends you know it's like chip is a a carrie street cafe open mic guy and like got um michaela friedman to do the art ashley travis has done two videos with us and she did our video for engines um, a couple years ago and um you know ian uh my roommate ian atchison helped out with a lot of the video stuff and you know so we just kind of as i understand it just helping out all of each other put gets us all skin in the game, right? And yeah. then we're all, you know, celebrating each other's, you know, hopeful success, <laughs> right? So.
2: No, that's good, man. You tie energy together and, and point it in the same direction. Yeah, you know. That's, that's the goal, that's what, that's what we're doing. Yeah, here, absolutely. Sure. <laughs> um, but you mentioned engines and I did want to go back yeah. to that because I really enjoyed that music video. Like, I don't know, you were playing guitar and fighting somebody in an attic. Like, it was a lot of fun. What? How did you decide, all right, we're going to put a little humor in this video, and then yeah. what was, like, that process of filming it like?
0: Um, yeah, that was the best day of 2021, I think. That was, everybody was just, like, we had just such a blast making it, and the way we, when we were recording our last EP, which we recorded at home, um, Ian Atchison being the engineer on that, um, we had a... Just a small gear malfunction where his keyboard was hooked up to this soundboard. So when he was hitting these mute buttons, it was actually like playing some of his piano keys through the system. I don't know how this happened.
2: I love synchronized buttons.
0: But we kind of came up with the idea that it was a, um, what if there was a haunted soundboard (laughs) (laughs) in a recording? So we kind of had it that we got Zach Victor to play the, um, our producer or engineer in that video and then he gets possessed by the spirit and kills all of us and then we're a zombie band at the end so it was um it was really fun to make and like ashley's so collaborative with her directing style and she's always looking for like what is something that's going to be um unique in these situations and like how can we make this fun and um we really, uh, really feel like over making the uh, the newer videos as well that we've got this nice relationship of uh, like making something that's really high quality but it's really silly too. Yeah. You know, that's sort of our brand, I guess, with uh, with working with her. But
2: a touch of personality. Did um did Dave Grohl ever hit you up because you wrote the movie <laughs> before he did? Or
0: <laughs> no, we I really uh.
2: Because I haven't seen that movie,
0: but I definitely watched the I haven't seen the, the movie trailer. either, but yeah, as soon as I heard about it, I was like, damn, Dave stole our idea, like shit. Um, shout out to Dave Grohl, Shout Virginia out to Legend. Dave Grohl. We will, uh, you know, if you ever need someone to tour with Foo Fighters, I know not many people want to do that, but uh, <laughs> 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 oh, 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 we will, no. <laughs> uh, nobody's ever asked Yeah, nobody's you, ever asked. Uh, but just in case. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, you're from Virginia. I'm from Virginia. Let's make it happen. Just make um, it up. But you know, we we sing so much about really serious topics mm-hmm. that it's really nice to have like a, a. I don't know. I've always appreciated like there being like a lot of humor in music. Over uh, the time when I was unemployed during the pandemic, I listened to Randy Newman's Short People <laughs> yeah. quite a lot. Short you know that song, people. yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I would just like a whole bunch of stuff like that. I was like, man, that song is hilarious, and I think that that's a a nice element to put in your music when you can. You yeah. know, and it's not always there because you know you have to sing about some serious shit sometimes. But it's not uh, should always be playful in a yeah. way. Yeah,
2: I mean, honestly, I think that I think that levity and and being really sad are very close to each other. Yeah. Like it's just kind of like where your perspective is at on yeah. It like if i was to kick this table like i wouldn't laugh but you might you know what i'm saying like <laughs> sure. but it's it's just where it's just where you're at and your perspective on it like it could hurt me but it's funny to you but right and it doesn't make either either uh wrong so i think like if you're making a song that is serious there are moments for levity and if you're making a funny oh, totally. song there are moments for some serious maybe yeah because I, like i feel like they're not too far apart but i, don't, I could just be rambling
0: no 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 <laughs> i i agree i think it's it's one of those things where you got to um you know you can't bum people out exclusively so yeah. it's like, this is a hundred percent yeah kind of you know and then i think uh that's partially that leads if something has a bit of uh if it's a bit of a quip then it gets some people on board that weren't necessarily listening when you were yeah. being 100 percent serious you know it's
2: you gotta reel those dads in yeah
0: you know it's uh if some people need to think that it's uh silly to get on board with a really serious idea then um you know that's something i'm willing to i w- would love to do you know yeah
2: you change the packaging on the message you know what i mean however you you receive it best
0: um yeah you know and that's uh the album we haven't have coming out uh, disaster preparedness coloring book is <laughs> that's sort of the idea it's named after i think it was noah or um FEMA put out something called the Disaster Preparedness Coloring Book in, like, 93. 93? Yeah, maybe the best year for music. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, uh, But, uh, yeah, they put it out. And basically what it is, is it's this empty coloring book for um, kids to color in that shows all of these crazy scenarios like earthquakes and tornadoes and all of this stuff um, that's really quite, you know, frightening for children. (laughs) but uh, teach, teaches you how to deal with it, right? And this make your plan for these emergencies and whatever. And we've sort of repurposed that idea yeah, to funny. be uh, you know, a guidebook for adults <laughs> living through uh, right now, you know, because shit's fucked up and Shit. it's not, you know. Can I say that? You, yeah, okay, say, okay. yeah, go for it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, well, no, when I was in elementary school, I had to color a book. Um, it was called uh, Defeating the Divorce Monster. Whoa. And it was like this, like Whoa. it was like this big goofy looking monster like peeking around the corner yeah. and like a mom and a dad are arguing on a couch. Like I was coloring that shit.
0: <laughs> oh man, the divorce <laughs> and, monster, And now Dang. we're in therapy. Yeah, here we are. Are
2: you tired of boring accounting training? Join the revolution. Ignited by GAP Dynamics, the revolution is a learning platform that brings together engaging content and motivated learners in an online environment. Our accountants and learning specialists make training fun and engaging, and with over 130 CPE-eligible courses in US GAP, I audit, and industry-specific guidance, not only is our training engaging, but it is also relevant. So you'll never have to sit in a boring webinar to earn your CPE. We've been training accountants for the past 20 years with clients from the big four to regional firms. Whether you represent a large multinational corporation, a small regional firm, or an individual CPA, our training engages your people and guides you through complex accounting and auditing rules, saving you time, money, and mistakes. Change the way you train. Gap Dynamics. Yeah, no, but you can definitely use, like, uh, you know, different ways to teach people. Ryan over here, the wife that I told you about earlier. Yeah. Um, She created like a a coloring book a few years ago in 2020 called Richmond Now, and it was like trying to help people understand everything that was going on, like you know down at the Lee statue and all the different organizations like in the city. And it was like you know coloring images and and that kind of jam. So yeah, we like coloring.
0: That's great. No, that's wonderful. And I've talked to our artist about maybe actually making a coloring book. We haven't done it yet, but I might need to talk to you about you know the ins and outs. Yeah, you know it's it's. It's a pretty quick album. It's about 20 minutes, but it's um, seven songs, seven songs, 20 minutes, two sides, 45 RPM. So um, Sick. it's going to be really cool. I'm very excited about it.
2: Uh, will you tell me a little bit about your your single Curb?
0: Yeah. So Curb is sort of the uh, first thing that I wrote or, you know, I think I think there's a lot of artists that had very productive pandemic experiences Sure, there's and a couple I'm of here them. to tell you that I was not one of those artists. So I wrote this chorus uh, for this song like uh, maybe uh, two days after, you know, having to stay at home all the time and starting to... After you know, we found out Tom Hanks had it. Yeah, after we found out Tom Hanks had it That's and when shit I got, real. got laid off and we were drinking too much coffee and too much beer and watching uh, the president talk about what was going on in a, a, light and in a really uh really uh positive and constructive way um <laughs> but uh you know i just uh was looking around and i was noticing that it was everyone was making choices based off of money you mm-hmm. know it was all every decision was based off of money at the time so it was like just easy to see how it was like we don't care how many people die you know just as long as our bottom line is protected so i kind of wanted to get so i wrote that forever ago and then you know a deep dark depression lasted for you know as long as it did and (laughs) and then when we were ready to you know start i think it was once we had booked our first show in 2021 Mm -hmm. i was like all right time to finish this song so you know wrote the rest of it it all came out pretty quickly but it's um it's meant to contrast as sort of like the verse is all of us that are, um, you know, struggling here, and then the chorus is this sort of driving uh, rhythm. It's like, oh, actually, fuck you, we don't care, you know? So, um, the video for that's very fun. I love, I love the video for it. um, We're riding around in the back of uh, Prabir Mehta's truck, actually, um, all across Richmond, and we were in the bed of the truck going over the Belvedere Bridge, And that was, I was like, oh, man, like, Nick, Nick, our bass player, was in the back of the um, truck, and there were, like, four of us sitting in the back of it. Ashley's, like, filming us from, like, low down in it. And I was like, man, Nick just had a baby, so I was like, this would be the dumbest reason for Nick's child not to have a father, is, like, this video shoot that we're doing, this, like, this is, this is kind of dangerous, so, (laughs) but... (laughs) Yeah, but it looked cool. Great shot. Great <laughs> shot. But <laughs> And that's what it comes down to. That's all that it comes down right.
1: <laughs> to. Right. <laughs> hey, cool boy. How are you so cool?
3: Wow. That is like a very big compliment. Thank you so much. But the answer is quite simple, my darling, cool girl. The answer is like, I've just been reading the blog content from here, rva.com. Have you ever seen this? Well, let me just tell you, they have all the things. They have interviews with really good artists and interviews with, like, cultural cultivators. It's very cool. You learn about the city and stuff. And it's, like, super cool. Anyway, they also have blog content about, like, live events. There's, like, video recaps about things. So, like, if you weren't there, you could feel like you were there if you wanted there or like maybe you check it out and you're like wow the next time that happens I'll go there for sure but you didn't know until you saw the blog you know and then there's also things that are like tips for musicians like hey like maybe you don't want to um you know be a rapper and like rap over top of your own vocals that's corny and people don't like it and then there's also like really cool blog post about just the cool culture of Richmond which is like art and other art and all the art mixing together it's like a very cool space but you find out all this information in the blog on yamya.com
1: is it only for cool people
3: that's the beauty of it uncool people can go there and then become cool
1: awesome thanks cool boy
2: yeah, actually, I was going to open it up to see if anybody had a question from the crew. We, we normally open it up for the crew oh, every cool. once in a Excellent. while. Anybody got some? You got one? Word up. And then you need to go to the hot seat.
1: Um. So, yeah, we do a little bit of, like, research about our guests, you know. <laughs> but uh, I came across just, like, how frequent the band has changed since the beginning of, like, Little Creek Police mm-hmm. to now. Um, so, like... I guess how do you feel about the changing tides and just i guess performing kind of organically it seems like whoever is available
0: yeah i mean um uh, i think the idea was is that the only way that i wanted to run the project was by doing a lot of shows and it was sort of like i really enjoy playing with everyone that we've played with and it's uh uh like everyone has something very different to contribute. So the songs have like a different lilt when, you know, Troy's playing bass versus when Nick's playing bass versus when Chip's playing bass. Or, you know, when Troy's playing drums and Hunter can't make it. Um, It's a different band a little bit. And I think that like a lot of it just has to do with the realities of being a, you know, musician that wants to play a lot is that people can't make it and people have other responsibilities and like, as long as the band keeps going, you know, it's like all about streamlining things. It's the reason why we've kept it a trio for so long is it's just so like we can fit in the van in the trio. We don't have to buy a new van to, you know, hold us back because it's, it's very much like um, just work with who you got. And it's it's been a really great experience for me. We were very briefly a four piece, but it's like I'm... I'm buddies with everybody who's played in the band and it's like just a, a cool time. Well, you'll see us with a couple of different bass players this the rest of this year and um we probably will eventually like lock someone in uh on bass. Hunter and I are um set with guitar and drums right now, but um but yeah, it's it's been a it's been a wild ride <laughs> for
1: sure. No, um I guess I have a little bit of a follow-up mm-hmm. with uh the success of this Kickstarter. Um, would you do it for, like, maybe getting, like, a booking manager if, like, tours are going? I know you're doing it, but, like, someone to kind of take over.
0: Um, That's a great question. And I've I've definitely thought about it because I'm realizing how much time I've been spending on making sure that people hear it, right, instead of making more of it, you know? So there's, like, I'd love to get set up with a booking person at some point, But, um, I don't think that's going to be super soon, unfortunately, but, um, you know, it's, it's all about building your crew, right? So it's like, I've, you know, got videographers and artists and all of these people, and I'm going to be the booking guy from, for now, but, uh, we've got Henry Bainbridge from Death to Slow Music who's doing publicity for us right now. And it's, um, just for the album release. And it's, uh, It's an interesting time like building your own crew and just realizing it's sort of like whatever you don't, you know, hire someone else to do, you are doing or it's not getting done, so you kind of have to prioritize and be like, okay, well this didn't get done and that's okay because you're only one person and you have all of this, you know. There's, I think when you have, when you're a DIY artist, you realize how much I there is to D yourself you know like it's, it's just very much like uh, if there's the things that aren't getting done that's okay because it's really you know back in the day it was like people used to have a label a booking manager you know like a marketing manager like all of these different things and sort of like this is kind of my general critique of the whole system anyways but it's you know, like when you go to work and you work for a large corporation, right, and then they assign you a whole bunch of new duties to do, you expect a raise, right? But here, you know, like when, especially with music, but in a lot of ways everywhere, is that, uh, well, now we have TikTok and all the social media stuff, and it's like, okay, well, now you have to hire a videographer to do all that stuff. Oh, yeah, that videographer's you. And we aren't going to pay, you know. No one's going to pay you more to do it, but you do have to do it, you know. So it's it's very much uh, a push and pull of like, how much do I want to do? What are these things that I'm doing? And you know, it's it's all it's all very difficult. Yeah, but... <laughs> and it's
2: tough to see the it's tough to see the value sometimes, like when you're working on those things because you know, not every, you know, you work on a video, you put it up on TikTok and nothing happens. And you're like, well, this is stupid. Yeah, and then uh-huh. you stop making videos, but you can't stop. Ma- like, yeah. you have to keep letting people know that you're doing music. But yeah. I think that sometimes it just, it gets like very tiring, you know, just like playing the Instagram game, trying to oh, yeah. what are
0: peak times that people are on Instagram. Yeah, it's like, right.
2: dude, I'm just trying to make music.
0: Exactly. You know, so there's so much, there's so much time that gets spent doing all of that, that that's sort of why I lean on, well, let's just get out there and play some more shows because yeah. word of mouth does still exist. And I think in a lot of ways it's coming back. Uh, I'm sure you're aware of this. And I'm sure everyone in this room is aware of this. Remember how good Facebook events used to be? Mm. That was... You could really tell people you were playing somewhere yeah. because you had a Facebook event. and You didn't have to put your poster up around town. Mm-hmm. You just sent it to here. But now it's so that platforms almost worthless and then all of these other ways so that it's like there's no central spot in which to reach people it's the wild west again so let's put some posters up uh on the street you know i I think that that's kind of where you know moving back around to it's like no one is in the same place online like uh how many times have you watched a tiktok but you didn't hit save And then you can't find it again. Gone. So it's like, where's this reference? Like, you know, Instagram, you have 1,500 followers and only 300 people see it. So it's like, why aren't we? I think there's a lot lot to be said about the value of those platforms. And there's a lot of things that artists can get out of it. But if you're not getting it out of it, you know, like, talk to your neighbor. You know, like, invite your friend, you know, that you saw in person. It's like... I think word of mouth is still very important. Yeah, and we've we've had a, we've played coming up in March in the past when this comes out. Um, we're playing in Hot Springs, Arkansas, for the third time, and it was like a total random happenstance that we got there in the first place. What was that story? Um, well, just I was just trying to book down to South by Southwest, and I was like, "What's in Arkansas?" And Talked to my buddy who lived in Little Rock for a while and he was like, Well, this isn't in Little Rock, but it's like forty-five minutes outside. And um it's this bar called Maxine's that's uh like a it's a burlesque bar as well as a live music venue and it's just in this great town. And we've played there twice now, and it's just been word of mouth. Like we saw people were wearing the t-shirt that we sold them the first time, at the second time we played there, and it's like Didn't know anyone in the town, but it's like, I'm very hopeful because it's like, that's word of mouth, you know? It's like we played and people liked it and they brought more people out. And I think that that still exists in a lot of places. You just kind of have to tap into the right communities, you know?
1: The Aubrey Richards Boutique is a full pop-up shop and blog centered around and for women who are happily maturing. The items are either handmade, designed, or ethically sourced from themselves, other makers, or small companies. Aubrey Richards Boutique is here to uplift guests and build community within our community. Find out more at aubreyrichardsboutique.com. Oh, you got some? Oh, down. you're mic'd up. Go ahead, I'm bro. I don't
2: want to interrupt. So, what's the weirdest or
0: craziest van store you have? Okay. Sounds like you've been in the van. Yeah, no. This is the weirdest one. Uh, Not specific to the van, but we... So, this was the duo tour that we did in August of last year. So, we... Our connection had... we, We played Atlanta, and then the next night we were supposed to play in New Orleans. So, we played in Atlanta, and the person we were supposed to stay with totally just ghosted us we weren't able to you know stay there so we're like well we have a place to stay in new orleans let's drive there now so we drive uh all through the night to get to new orleans we just like barely beat beat the sun coming up we get there and then we're kicking around and we 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 play the show that night and then after that night my buddy troy he like went off with his uh, girlfriend at the time and they were getting food somewhere and then they came back and he's holding his jaw and I'm thinking oh my god this guy got in like a fight with somebody but he said no Warren actually I've had this broken tooth for a while now and it was hurting for a while and then it stopped and as we were driving last night it started hurting again and then like he pulls his hand away from his face and it's so swollen so we like we had a great show in New Orleans by the way. I was like, "Wow, thanks, thanks for really this he didn't even tell me until after the show. But um after <laughs> after we played the show, he couldn't sleep at all that night and we were slated for like a drive day to Austin the next day. Mm-hmm. So, um what ended up happening was he had to have emergency like dental surgery and like get that tooth removed. Like on our one day off of of the whole run, this was when we went to Texas and back in eight days, and it was just like, well, like, so, uh, yeah. He had to get his tooth removed, and then I had to drive all all by myself because he was on you know painkillers to uh, Austin that day. Or we we like had to rest that the our one day off. He just spent the whole day in bed, and then we went the next day. But it was but it was great i mean uh, you know we had like a like a sense of community about it like troy didn't have any money and we just posted on instagram about it people knew we were on tour and you know people sent him money to pay for emergency dental surgery so it was uh it was a wild time but he was he was really a trooper for you know and then they say it's like oh well don't don't do any intense physical activity i was like Playing drums in a punk band? Does that count? Like, is that, you know? Is that... <laughs> it's
2: not a lot of movement at all. <laughs>
0: That's
2: cool. Do you have anything else? or? Um, no pressure. I'm just saying, you, we're just checking. Not that I can think. Of. I love right.
3: band stories, though, so yeah. I have another
2: one. You love band stories? Yeah. Like to, like touring bands. bands. I got you. I got you. Just any story with a van. <laughs> 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 uh, cool. Well, we got you something to say thank you. That you could take home. Oh just, my gosh. We really appreciate your time and you just coming to share like, you know, not only your story about your music, but how you're doing it. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of oh people my gosh, that thank you. have no idea how to book a tour, or where to start, yeah. or you know, how to how to even start putting together an album and recording. So like just tapping into your brain is is super important. And I think that, you know, I, I appreciate you being here and, and just sharing that with us.
1: Thank you for spending part of your drive, workout, grocery shopping time, or wherever you're at listening to this podcast. If you're still listening, we would love for you to help us fund the next season. You can sign up for a membership and get early access and other perks at Buy Us A Coffee. That link's in the show notes. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, and all the other cool positive things for this episode. That's free to do and works miracles for podcast teams like us. Shout out to the season two crew floor and creative director Ryan L. Moses. That's me. Host and producer Elijah Hedrick. Director Alex Bolton. Videographer Melvin Lassiter. Editor Ian Rompashad. Audio engineer Clark Moeller. Graphics Tyler Blankenship. Photography Gordy Michael. Guest liaison Max Ross. Gopher Jai Hedrick. Intern Shiloh Tillman. Special thanks to Tyler Shearsmith. Theme music by Ant Symbol. Remember, listen local, make it global, hear RVA. We out.